0: This just in The ongoing comic book discussion podcast Confirms Comic books Are cool This is our first uh, November one, right?
1: This is our first November one The theme is Family Yeah
0: good old family theme that i I like i do like that we have the theme months though you know i I like our themes do you you think halloween went well do you i mean we had a lot of episodes
1: i know we did have a lot of episodes five we were blessed with five beautiful weeks of of october and uh i i'm going to miss halloween when it's not when it's not here anymore but um i'm looking forward to thanksgiving do you like thanksgiving
0: Thanksgiving for me is kind of whatever. And I only say that because um, I spent the last 13 years in uh, LA and I didn't really have any family there. So, you know, I. I it was never like a thing like i didn't really you know get into it and of course i did my fair share of thanksgiving which i enjoy what's that Um, well uh it's when you everything you cook is infused with thc and so it's like a snowball (laughs) effect of eating and getting high and getting and thus eating more it's just insanity but it's it's awesome um you know, you just use the butter or whatever the THC yeah. butter, you know. And uh, but no, Thanksgiving was never like a big one for me. I love Halloween's my favorite holiday, uh, followed by Christmas. Although when it's Christmas time, I'll tell you, Christmas is my favorite holiday. <laughs> is the
1: holiday for you, you're such a cheery guy. I can see that for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I love it, but I love the fact that. We have a bunch of like families and weird families, you know, set up for this month. Uh, Especially our first uh, one, our first comic uh, is is definitely like a weird sort of family. So yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, welcome to ongoing comic book discussion podcast. I'm Corey and I'm
1: Tess. And
0: as you heard, this month we're, we're kicking off our like giving thanks to families and, and all kinds of, of ha- shapes and forms that families yes. come in. And uh, this week we're kicking it off with the Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly comic three-issue miniseries, We Three.
1: Mhm so sweet. Uh when you when I first started reading it I was like is this a picture book? Like there were no words for like 3 or 4 pages and I was like am I is this the first comic I'm going to read without any words? But no, there were a few. There wasn't a lot, but it wasn't even needed. It was I know. like
0: and, and the reason I wanted to do this was uh, Grant Morrison is my favorite comic book writer and Frank quietly is my favorite my favorite comic book artist and I've been I know I've been talking to you on the podcast and off the podcast about mm-hmm. both of these people and like I, I didn't know which like where I was gonna sort of like get you into them or you know try to introduce you to them and when I, when we started doing families I was like oh whoa. We three, that's perfect, right? Like, yeah. that's that's absolutely perfect. And you get to, you really get to see Frank Quitely's artwork uh, just shine in this and how he kind of breaks down panels. I know you, you're you seeing some weird stuff for the first time in, in this comic as far as paneling breakdown goes and kind of, yeah. I, I really wanted you to see the envelope that you can push visually with the comic book medium. And I think Frank Quitely is one of the absolute best artists to do that.
1: See, I've never, this is my first introduction to Frank, and I liked it because, like you said, it was like really interesting, and I really like when, um, like in Batwoman Elegy, when they really push the boundaries of what a panel can be, like let's make it in the shape of a bat signal or whatever, but this one, it's like, I think there's one page where it's like, there's like, like maybe 50 panels, because it's just like little tiny stories, like they're tiny panels, like I've never seen that before, and I actually had to go back and figure out what was happening cuz it was happening like my eyes were just moving so quickly and it was just a quick little story it was I, I liked it a lot
0: he frank quietly is a master storyteller when it comes to camera placement and body motion and and like just huh. like he can make people walk the most realistic walks like i've ever seen and make people just walking in a group interesting to look at
1: Wow. Wait. Okay. Forgive me if you just said this. He doesn't, he does more than comic books?
0: No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, he might, I don't know, but no. I've only, I only know him as a comic book artist.
1: Well, that's like a testament to it because I was even like, yeah, he does that in his comic books as well. And and the fact that you say that like he can walk, like he can make people uh, look like they're walking in a different way or like walking so profoundly or whatever, it's like that's. That's awesome. Like if you can do that as a comic book artist, shoot
0: make make mundane things look interesting is, right yeah oh my gosh yeah.
1: i wonder if he created what the creatures look like the robotic animals i wonder if he I, like i really wonder what sketches they came up with like honestly you know what i
0: mean yeah and and pr- i would imagine uh i'm sure grant morrison gave him some some guidelines but knowing what i know frank quietly is a massive name in the industry um probably on par with grant morrison like both of them are masters of the, of their craft uh, Grant Morrison being a writer and and Frank Wiley being the artist i wouldn't be surprised if he frank quitely designed everything that you see in this
1: that's awesome and grant morrison is such um such a familiar name remind me what else he did he did some Marvel stuff right he,
0: he's done he actually has done a, a lot of DC stuff um, although he did do that Marvel Boy comic that I, I let you yes, borrow
1: that's why I was thinking Marvel yeah. yep mm-hmm. yeah uh,
0: which I really like and I, th- I really we're gonna do that on this on this podcast mm-hmm. at some point um, uh, McNiven, I think is the artist on there and Grant Morrison was the the writer but that Marvel Boy miniseries is great but he's uh, Grant Morrison is known for for uh, DC Comics, Animal Man. He took okay. a, uh, back in the, I think it was the 90s, he took a character that no one cared about and just did this most, I, I, all I can say is insanity. Just insane. Mm. Like, he breaks the fourth wall. He brings the reader <laughs> into the lore of the universe. It's it's insane. Grant Morrison is always doing, like, this thing fourth dimensional sort of storytelling and mm-hmm. I gotta say right at the top he uh, uh, Grant Morrison is also a big time uh, chaos magician uh he, huh. he I never does... heard that term
1: before or did you make up that term or is that
0: like No 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 that's that's uh it's that term's been around since the 70s uh chaos magic sort of stemmed wow. from the um hermetic magics of the order of the golden dawn uh okay. stuff like that um Jack Parsons uh if you ever go to uh Pasadena mm-hmm. the um the jet propulsion labs that's over there in Pasadena that's mm-hmm. a part of the uh, university um, there is the Parsons Building. Okay. Jack Parsons uh, was also a big time chaos magician. He was also a uh, rocket rocket designer as well. But he was he followed all the teachings of like Aleister Crowley, uh, the Order of the Golden Dawn, which was at the turn of the century. And these are all like. And when I say chaos magic, and when I say magic, I'm saying it with uh, a K. M A G. Wait, Jesus, M A G I C K, <laughs> right? Not okay. Magic the Gathering, not M A G I C, right? <laughs> okay. So obviously I'm very passionate about this. This is yes, something that I, I personally it. follow Keep myself. Going. But, um, yeah, so Grant Morrison, he will actually, uh, this one comic series he did for Vertigo, DC's uh, adult imprint called Vertigo. If you ever see Vertigo comics, that is, it's DC's adult imprint. They're allowed to just be adults only. They can go as far as they want to go. And his big magnum opus, Grant Morrison's big magnum opus was The Invisibles. And it was also a giant magical ritual for him as well. To the point where the main character in the story, where uh, there's a part in like one of the the arcs where the main character gets captured and is is getting really messed up and going and getting sick and everything, and Graham Morrison actually experienced real life symptoms that his creation had because it was. I mean, it's all Whoa. tied together. We can have a two hour podcast about magic and and magical writings and and iconography and what? stuff. But oh it, no,
1: you're not kidding! Wow, okay.
0: So I love Grant Morrison. There's no magic really in uh, we three, but his his concepts are just they're heady. His concepts are just way out there. They're just they're really wild, heady stuff. And honestly, this is the more accessible, the more tame of his of his ideas of his comics uh, to get into. Mm -hmm. I will say this. My other favorite Grant Morrison comic is he did this uh, 12-part series that, honestly, I would love to do with you as well uh, called All-Star Superman. Uh, Frank Quietly is the artist there as well. But what Grant Morrison does in All-Star Superman is take – like 70 years of Superman history and tries to put it into one cohesive timeline wow. and with all kinds of weird funkiness to it and everything. And it's just, it's amazing. You know, Frank Quietly's artwork is amazing in it as well. But um, yeah, Graham Morrison is, is a is a wild dude. And if you ever get a chance, if you ever want to listen to him talk, uh, you can find bunches of YouTube videos of him talking. Uh, I mean, he's very open about the magic stuff. He, you can actually listen to him Giving a lecture on how to uh, like basically do sigil magic, you know, in front of a conference. And at the at the beginning of this like hour long lecture, lecture that he talks, he tells everyone at the beginning, he's like, "Look, I just dropped some acid, so halfway through things are going to get weird, <laughs> oh and God. you can tell when it hits him because he starts, you know, goes going off. out there." But he's Dang. he's the type of guy that will he will go do acid and or or go do DMT and commune with aliens and everything, and then come back and write a comic about it. That's how. That's Grant Morrison, right? For our
1: there. benefit, because this is a good comic. That's yeah.
0: awesome. I, I hope mean, that I didn't turn anyone off with all that. No, right the no.
1: I mean, I, we would with, without. I mean, without drugs, we wouldn't have Jim Morrison. I don't know. Yeah, um, we wouldn't have had the seventies. We wouldn't uh, have the. Without cocaine,
0: know? we wouldn't have had Chevy Chase, John Belushi, yeah. just every Saturday yeah. Night Live comic out there.
1: I know. Don't do drugs, kids. Please, no, don't.
0: please, please don't. No, please don't. It, because they, they all die. You see it. They all, yeah. they all have massive heart attacks and everything. Yeah. So I don't think it's worth it. But yeah, our, yeah. Our drugs have given us a lot of artwork, though, have given yeah. us a lot of awesome art.
1: It just makes, I think that it just makes, like, all of the filters of society disintegrate, and so the artist can truly be an artist, which is, you know, uh, uh, something to say about our society that we feel like we have to suppress our artistic abilities. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, late-stage capitalism is no place for an artist, that's for sure. (laughs) Dude.
1: Dude. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast.
0: <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast.
1: And <laughs> right now on my head, I was like, do I go into that? Nope. Bring it back. Comic books.
0: <laughs> yeah. We don't want to alienate like 50% of our listeners. So Yeah.
1: Please don't go, you guys. We honestly, Corey and I, do not do drugs. We just, we just, we, we see the artistic abilities of awesome people. And we want to know where that came from, where the inspiration came from. And Mr. Grant Morrison, apparently that's his. That's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, that's his. Yep. So yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about Frank Quietly. I think he just draws, but I, I don't really. I've never actually looked. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't like look into like artists so much because I always feel like you see what you're like. You see you see already the window into their soul you know what i mean so i don't ever feel the Mm -hmm. need to go and be like oh what makes frank quietly tick or whatever but grant morrison i'm much more like okay what's going on there how did you even come to this insane concept
1: where in your brain did that live and how long did it live there before you put it on paper exactly
0: and and what drug got it there in the first place
1: well, this one, I feel like it was a testament to the treatment of, the human treatment of animals, mm-hmm. um, the mistreatment, I should say, because I am a vegetarian, vegan on occasion, but I um, I have a rabbit, and there's a rabbit in this book, and she's my pride and joy. She's four pounds of love and light, and, uh, and so I really connect with animals. I love them, and when you had me read this, and I saw some animals die in this because of human uh rudeness um i was i was like why are we reading this and then when we saw when i read the end i was like okay that's full circle like that's that's cute i I like where it went i mean
0: and i mean they do kill their fair share of humans so
1: i don't care about the humans Corey.
0: i know i know (laughs) (laughs) just
1: like i think i've mentioned it before if a movie hurts an animal I hex the film I'm done with it like I'm just done I walk in the other room I'm like they killed the dog for no reason like even in National Lampoon when the dog is on the leash and it gets they forget that it's on the car like there are moments in my day where that pops in my head and I'm like why did that happen also why did we send a dog to space and just left it there I'm still so sad like (laughs) you know
0: Sadly, I think the Russians sent a lot of dogs to space and left them there.
1: Oh, my God. That's so dumb. That's so dumb. That's so freaking dumb. Bring those dogs back. Bring them back. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus. I know. And there's like a part in the comic where the, the, gosh, maybe we should get to it and I'll say it. But anyway, there's a part where the human is like, those poor men, those poor men. I was like, go away, human. What about the dogs and the cats that you drilled freaking brain things in? No. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is good. I'm glad you have a lot of strong feelings about it. That's that's awesome. I'm very happy. Bring animals.
1: Yeah, bring animals into the mix, and I'm 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 gonna be like, all right. Who who hurt the puppy?
0: <laughs> well, this uh this issue it's only three issues, so it's really yeah. short. It's it's they released it as individual issues under the Vertigo imprint. That's probably where I got the Vertigo in my head uh, about the Invisibles. But um, this is Vertigo, so that means DC did publish it. Okay. Um, and three issues is is almost. I mean, it could have just been a graphic novel. It could have just been yeah. by itself as a graphic novel. But the the nice thing is they they break each individual issue down with a missing poster for the animal that, that you know, because there's three of them, so it makes sense that there's only three issues, and then each cover of each issue is the animal, uh, one of the three. Uh, uh, they are a dog, a cat, and a rabbit.
1: Mm-hmm. Bandit, and the rabbit's name is Pirate because it has a black patch and then the cat is tinker yeah
0: Yeah. and the cat's the cat's something else but uh, I
1: love the cat
0: yeah let's uh yeah let's dive in because I think it's gonna be short and sweet Uh, but there's a lot of stuff to break down in each individual issue
1: yeah and my um my summaries are really short because most of it is artwork and you guys just do yourself a favor pick this up this is great I mean it's it's beautiful if if anything, just for the artwork.
0: I mean, while you're talking about that, because uh, I don't know where a better place to put it, wh- what did you think about Frank quietly's artwork just right at the top
1: i I liked it, I really did. um it was very detailed. I liked that I even noticed like things in the background were very detailed. The military uh, facility was you know um and his bad guys were they looked bad, like they were fat, ugly
0: <laughs> men, rude. <laughs> In every panel, he has like it's full of detail. Like like you said, mm-hmm. rarely do you ever get like a panel that's just someone's like head talking. Like you'll see in other comic books where you, they're, they're talking and they'll just make the bla- the background black, right? Yeah. Just to do that. There he never, never doesn't put something in the background. Like, it feels like a movie. It never feels like a comic because he, they, huh. he never does comic book conventions, never does comic book cheats, never does, like, comic book get, get-arounds. But I also know that's the reason he takes kind of a long time to come out with issues. I mean, d- if... He doesn't necessarily work on comic books that are like monthly. Um even even though he did work on like all star Superman and it was billed as a like twelve issues one year, I kinda remember that it took them like a couple years to get through because he he it takes him like a couple months to get through an issue. And you can see it in all the detail in his artwork.
1: Yeah. And that's
0: why. So For you, Tess, and for any other, like, new people out there, uh, all comic book artists, um, they all have different varying level of degree of, like, skill and how how their style looks. But Mm -hmm. if they're going to be on a monthly book, they all have to adhere to the same deadline, and some artists are just not built for that. Their art style is just not built for a monthly deadline. So I, I do know that I guarantee you with three issues, they probably finished Wii 3 before they even, like, published it, right? So that that (laughs) way it came out every month and they were just, like, done with it because it probably took them, like, a year to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And didn't you say that um, sometimes there's an artist that comes in for one issue because the other artist couldn't finish quick enough? Yeah, if if it's uh, a if
0: if they're on a monthly book or something, but they never DC never had to swap in one for All Star Superman because they just didn't care about how long it took. They just wanted it was a creative effort between. Grant Morrison and um, uh, Frank Quietly, just like we three. So mm-hmm. there's some, like, there's no hard and fast rule to anything, right? So, like, right. you can have a monthly book, uh, put an awesome artist on it. If they can't pick up the slack, sometimes you have to have another artist do a page just one page of the mm-hmm. whole issue sometimes you have to do have another artist do a whole whole issue um or you know you put a, an artist on a on a non-monthly book on a book like this where you know they probably pay for it for in advance and then it's done and, and you don't have to worry about any kind of like deadlines and then they release it as they as they want to mm-hmm. uh or you on uh, the, the third option is you put them on a semi-monthly book and say hey if it doesn't come out it doesn't come out but they would get kind of uh, uh, trashed by retailers if you know if, if they didn't hit their deadline through previews and stuff. But uh, whatever, that that happens. Honestly, it's like a video game. I don't um, mind how long a uh, video game gets delayed as long as when it comes out, it's good because you'll have a good game forever, right? Yeah. Uh, just like with a comic. Like now, like All-Star... I keep saying All-Star, shoot me, we're not even reviewing that. All right, but Wii 3, we okay? Should. <laughs> oh, yeah, we will. Uh, so let's just say Wii 3 is an example. What if, you know, what if... DC really wanted this comic to be monthly, and and they commissioned it, you know, as it's happening, and Frank quietly couldn't keep up with it, so they had to bring someone else in, and then it, this came out in 2004, so, like, boom, like, you know, uh, uh, 15 years later or whatever, and, like, you would still be stuck with that subpar art, but now, now, 15 years later, we don't care when like what the schedule right. was we're just yeah. we just have a, a full comic by Frank quietly so mm-hmm. I I prefer to lean towards not worrying about the deadline yeah. just mm-hmm. let the artist do and have the comic come out whenever it's a, now granted don't let six months go by between yeah. issues because that's that's happened before with like image comics and some in, independent publishers where the mm-hmm. artist says oh no I'll just keep taking my time though no, there's there is like an extent like to when the, the readers will just stop you know
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and they'll be like oh yeah that just that came out when like yeah. oh yeah it was good when I read it's the same as like you said before it's the same as like um, TV, television show seasons mm-hmm. you know if you wait too long between seasons people just are just disinterested they forget about it they move on to something else there's so much content today there's so many things to stream and see and read you got to be quick if you want to keep your audience to. you got you to be quick but at the same time like you're saying I mean if it's the artist that you're waiting for maybe a little more patient than usual you know, and it's worth it. Like you say, you know, today we're reading, um, you know, comics. That was was 2004, and we don't know when the deadline was, you know, but we know it's all Frank, so that's what's awesome. So All right. Anyway, here we go. Issue number one. Somewhere within the confines of an American military secret location, animals are reprogrammed by humans through advanced tech and selfish intentions. Part of what appears to be an experiment for an advanced killing team, one dog, one cat, and one bunny sit in gigantic robot suits. They have machines drilled into their brains so that humans can understand what they're saying. When the military turns in for the evening, a girl who is working with the animals sets the dog, cat, and rabbit free. The three animals run into the woods with no idea what to do or where to go. Their only mission is to find home.
0: Which yeah, that's, it's yeah. so cool. And you said it at the top, but this, this issue is just or all three of these issues are just so visual. Like you know, mm. for you, when you're doing the, the summer, you're like, you know the, the lady doctor lets them out and they run free. But in actual like comic book form, I'm counting it right now. it is, holy crud. It is one. How much? Yeah, how many? Three, <laughs> four, five, six. Six pages, six pages of uh, like basically square, equally square sized. um, They're like, they're supposed to be monitors, right? Like Mm -hmm. TV monitors, uh, closed circuit television monitors of the facility. And it sets the scene of like, People walking, janitors doing their thing, security guards. But you see these, like, glimpses of flashes of the animals running, but they're so quick that you don't actually see them on the monitor. You only see, like, their tail and, mm-hmm. and like, a bunch of, like, like, janitors getting flipped over or something. <laughs> um, but it's it, the way that, that Frank quietly sets the tone, the way he sets the mood, and then just sets the action mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. unparalleled. There, he's just he, like I will say this. I've said it before, and I will keep saying he is a master at his craft.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like a, yeah, and like I said at the beginning, it, I thought it was a picture book. I thought it was just going to be no words, but you like you almost don't need the words because here's the thing: the animals they don't really speak like clear English like we're speaking now because obviously their brains aren't as advanced as humans, but, um, so they speak like a dog would, so a dog, like, they even, like, misspell his, his talk bubble or whatever, and, um, he's like, good dog, good dog, or, like, would is W-U-D, or should is S-U-D, or something like that, and it's, you know, it's, so in that, you know, and there's many panels later where it's just the animals talking to each other, and the messages across, but there's no, like, deep message, it's just them running away and, and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. But yeah, humans suck in this one. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and you have to like to to like when you read them talking, you you can't just burn through it. Like you have to pay mm-hmm. attention to what they're saying and everything to kind of get it because it is different than us. And the, which is just another way to show them that, you know, like you think about it. We've seen so many movies where animals talk, but they have human personalities, right? right. This right. this establishes that, yes, we gave them the ability to talk, but he says it early on. He's like, don't expect any, like, Mozart or anything from them. Mm-hmm. They're still animals. Right. And at the same time, like, in next issue, like, when the, the military has to engage them, the scientist talks about, like, you don't get it, like— they're 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 animals they they think see things on a different level than we do they experience time at a different rate than we do like Mm -hmm. it's just you stand no chance and and it's crazy to see like what they are capable of when they're weaponized the 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 it starts at the beginning with like this assassination uh on like some southern uh, or some like south american like dictator or something but it starts with this like basically a, a field assassination and they just they just just murder ball like an entire compound of like military soldiers to assassinate somebody but that's what they're built for they're built they're what they're built to be weaponized
1: right so like if a dog so obviously a dog they're you know they're not smarter than a human but they do have abilities way more than humans do like like cats do and bunnies um, like sight sound um, aggression or whatever um, and so those senses are heightened and that's what makes them killing machines yeah uh, but going back to their speech bubbles or their thought bubble how, what do I say what the things that they're saying their commentary um, the the reason I loved when we discovered why this comic is weird we three, because the dog is saying something at the end where he's like, like, like in his very dog's form, he's like, we, like, it's just us, we three, and it's all together, and I was like, oh, like, there is, it is their little family, and it fits perfectly into the theme for the month.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, it's it's the first issue sets. I mean, it sets up a lot. There's only three issues, so it moves really, really fast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we it's it's such a visual extravaganza that yeah, we're we're not going to do it justice just by talking about it. You guys have yeah. to to take a look at it. It's everything is stunning because even the, the the one page. You know, like we said, like what like five or six pages uh, of those com- computer monitors, those those squares that are supposed to look like commu- computer monitors. There's so much action. Actually happening inside each individual panel, each individual monitor—that you just want to like look at it, like wow, he, like he puts as much, like like. Detail into these one little monitors as he does anything else. But the way it ends with, with the, the them running past the lady who let them out because they didn't kill her. And then mm-hmm. the next panel is them just jumping in front of the stars, like free. They're completely free. And it's yeah. it's beautiful. It gives you like goosebumps because they, they made it. They made it out the door, even though they had to kill people to get there. But that's it's you know, fine. They get to Those kill people. people fine. Yeah. Exactly. We don't care about the people. We care about the animals.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're catching on, Corey. You're catching on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's really I I was like I would do the same thing as that girl I would totally let those animals free yeah so
0: so she's the basically uh, the she is the head scientist of the program the military uh, wants to shut it down that's that's really all there is to it the military they saw what happened they 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 saw their you know the animals do their thing right it was kind of like a test run um, to to assassinate that guy at the beginning and Mm -hmm. then they showed the animals to the you know the senator whatever the colonel guy and uh he was just appalled that he gave that that they gave him they gave the animals the ability to speak he's like why mm-hmm. would you give you know a killing machine the ability to communicate um, and then he wants to decommission it because and this will come into play later they have like an army of rats that they are basically turning yeah. into like a swarm assassins um, but so uh, and sad. then and then there's a fourth <laughs> There's a fourth animal that that we only know is referred to as the mastiff. And that's yeah. the fourth. We an- four. Yeah. Or,
1: or not we four. Sorry. Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. And, things,
0: yeah. and yeah, because the other animals, they, they the animals call themselves, they call the dog one. They call the cat two. and They don't say like it's just it's the number two. And then yeah. the bunny is is three. three. They just call him three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. So oh. do you want to jump into issue two?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. It moves real quick, like you said. Okay. Issue 2. The military goes after the furry killing machines, but many men die because the animals are extremely dangerous. The animals are just trying to find home, wherever that may be, but the military is intent on killing them. The girl who set them free is held as prisoner. They tell her she must communicate with the animals to get them back. If she refuses, they will release the biggest killing machine they have, a giant, deadly, robotic English mastiff. Mastiff.
0: Yeah, this was this was a pretty violent issue. So yeah. the 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 soldiers that they fight I mean they just shred them. Like mm-hmm. shred. and in uh, the cat he, he he refers to like he's basically he can shoot blades out of his out of his paw <laughs> and he calls them his his far claws. It's cool because he's like when he runs out of ammo, he's like no more far claw. But he calls yeah. that like his far claws because his it's his claws that can go far. I love it, but
1: far claw I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's called his far claw. Cute. But they th- it's not like bullets hitting the soldiers they don't like they they basically are getting sh- ripped to shreds by these blades that are flying out of the the cat's hands mm-hmm. to the point where like there, there's a helicopter up in the air, and the helicopter that pilot's like, "Oh man, I'm glad we're not down there and you see the cat in the trees he's <laughs> looking minute. at and he shoots one claw <laughs> and it goes through the pilot's lower jaw and comes out his nose like and it, its it's insane it's and yeah. it's super violent like heads are yeah. getting come like cut off mm-hmm. he He puts as much detail into the gore as he does into the paneling.
1: Yeah, and there's even um there's a like a herd of bunnies that are just normal bunnies and the the bunny robot bunny pirate. He's like bunny run, bunnies run and the bunnies run and then all then like the next panel is like the bunnies heads are chopped off. Like it's it's like they just, they the humans are destroying, like, everything in their path to get to these robots.
0: Yeah. Just just ripping, the humans are the ones that are, are just shooting willy-nilly, not mm-hmm. caring who, you know, Or you know, to them, it's just, oh, I don't care if we kill other rabbits or whatever. But of course, uh, the bunny rabbit and all this, you know, he cares, obviously. And he's yeah. like, you know, run, you know. Did you notice that one of the bunny rabbit's weapon is to drop bombs, like uh, pellets, like poop pellets
1: like poop pellets oh my gosh oh my gosh so i will always bring up my bunny her name is jasper and she's the love of my life sorry my sorry to my husband but she's the love of my life he knows it um but she, yeah she leaves these uh she has a litter box and she is a free roam rabbit in the house she made sure she did not have a cage um anyway she does leave little confetti pellets what we call them it's it's how she parties so just leave them <laughs> So just leave them in a little pile. Just, here you go. I just yeah. didn't feel like going in the litter box. But they're like hard pellets. And it's kind of like one time we got the equivalent of like Cocoa Puffs from Trader Joe's. And we put them in the bowl and we're like, we can't eat this because this <laughs> looks like our... <laughs> This looks like her pellets, her little poop pellets. Yeah. Well, at,
0: at least they aren't grenades, like they are in. At least, in this.
1: at least, <laughs> I guess I can look at them differently now. I mean,
0: yeah, I I did like in here, uh, with, you know. So they get attacked by the rats, like on the yeah. um, the train bridge as a train is sort of coming over mm-hmm. uh they they fight the the rats off and then the the bunny rabbit that's when he kind of drops some pellets um and blows up the train sort of knocking the tr- blowing up the bridge knocking the train into the water but i like that shot with with um the dog rescuing the person out yeah. of out of the water and he's like good yeah. dog you know save the man and <laughs> you don't know it because you only see the upper half and then you know he's like good good dog you know the the, the dog is saying good dogs this he kind of says that about himself you know like he says mm-hmm like mm-hmm. i'm a good dog he's like a good dog and uh and i think the cat was like you know no human gone or something you don't really know yeah. and then as they walk away the camera sort of pans down and you see that the guy the human that the dog rescued he's like in half like from the water yeah. like he's in half yeah. like he was already dead but yeah. the dog he's a good dog you know
1: Oh, bandit! He I was know. so sweet. There was even a point where he was like bad dog to himself because well, I don't, can't remember what he did. Well,
0: that's that's uh. that's at that the end the... of this issue where they come across uh, that guy, his dog, and his kid um, mm-hmm. in the oh, road? That's, right. that's and the, right. And the guy, the dad, pulls his gun. You know, because of course you see these like animals; they think they're aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but because you know he's he's a threat, um, the the we three kind of run at him, but in doing so he shoots the rabbit in the head kind of mm-hmm. the rabbit's still alive but it's just dis- it kind of disconnects his vocal yeah,
1: like one of his ears are off or yeah something. all messed yeah.
0: up from it but yeah But because of that the dog attacks him and there's a crazy shot of the of the cat like cutting the head off of the of the other dog but bandit attacks the guy and uh, and kills him and that's when bandits like bad dog and he's sitting there because he because he knows that he shouldn't have killed that human but he did it because you know he was threatened and because Mm -hmm. you know he shot his friend he shot his his bunny rabbit uh, friend pirate so it was it was a cool shot and it shows that that you know bandit is not you know heartless he's not without heart but at the same time he's still driven by instinct because he's still a dog he's just a dog in a robotic suit
1: Mm -hmm. and he doesn't really know what his abilities are this is like his first time really trying out his suit and so it's like he really didn't mean to do that no yeah it's okay bandit
0: although i'm sure the cat meant to cut off the head of that other dog
1: oh my gosh can you imagine real cats had that robotic suit oh, they'd be like be uh yeah we yeah yes talk about the end of the world that that would be it cat apocalypse
0: that would be the apocalypse. would be the end of the world
1: yeah but then nobody would be around to feed them so they would only keep like a few of us to be their servants but like just a few we don't <laughs> need too many
0: <laughs> did you ever do you do you watch rick and morty at
1: all i watched like the first half of the seasons yeah
0: okay okay why there's, there's a part where dogs oh keep, the
1: dog yeah the yeah. dog yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i got to that part where he's like he's a robot dog yeah, right? yeah and he can talk yeah. and
0: everything and he keeps you know they keep some people as pets and everything Yeah, i loved yeah. it it's so good
1: <laughs> <laughs> i haven't watched that in so long it's so dumb but like <laughs> At the end of a hard day, Rick and Morty is like the medicine I need. It's just just hang out and just watch. Yeah. Just watch. Don't think about it too much. Just no, watch.
0: No, just have a good time and, and not yeah. worry about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, issue three, the last issue. While hiding in a train yard, a poor homeless man approaches the three scared animals. He wants to help them and promises to find tools to get them out of their suits. While waiting, the military finds the animals and they have to try to fight them off once again. Unfortunately, the gigantic robotic English Mastiff takes the life of the sweet rabbit. Sad. The girl who freed the animals is told that she must lure them back to the military. Instead of doing this, she puts herself in the line of fire and takes the bullets intended for uh, Bandit, the dog. The cat and dog were able to get out of their suits, still equipped with bits of technology attached to their bodies. When they try to hide once again, the poor homeless man before finds them. And the final panels, this is my favorite part. In the final panels, the homeless man sits with the cat and the dog on the steps of an official looking building, cuddling and loving on his new pets, who no longer have any sort of technology on them, because he got it all off. They are approached by the man who invented the killing machines, but he does not recognize the animals and gives the homeless man lots of money for his troubles.
0: That was a that was a cute little ending although I will say I think that the guy who invented it did uh um recognize it because he says good dog clever dog because i think he, oh because he could see uh the because they have like patches on their head you know where yeah. it's like shaved and everything scars yeah, yeah and that's and he gave that's why he gave the homeless guy like three hundred dollars like he, he, you see that it's a hundred dollar bill so i think he's he knew he was like okay sorry. that they yeah. they made it you know
1: yeah i love that though i love that it ended up happening except for poor little pirate.
0: The well, rabbit. pirate, yeah. Well, it's. I feel like in these kind of, even in these kind of movies, where it's, it's, you know, it's a group of people. Like someone, at least one of them, always has to die to kind of mm-hmm. show the the danger of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's sad that it was it's it was the rabbit, but yeah, at least at least Bandit made it. Um, at least uh, the cat made it. Uh, a Tinker. lot of people yeah. died, you know, mm-hmm. a, a ton of people died because when they got out of their suits, uh, they got out of the suits like they left them in like this like shed, and a bunch of military guys entered it, but then the suits like overpowered and blew up, mm-hmm. so like it killed them too. They just, I mean, they killed everyone who pursued them, and yes. uh, even the Mastiff like. They couldn't kill it but the mastiff was about to kill a cop so they just the humans blew up the mastiff's head to kind of like we can't have it do any more damage mm-hmm. you know like cuz they were it was about to attack civilians yeah and what
1: about the girl that stood in the line of fire for the dog for bandit that was so sweet
0: i know and i mean it makes sense for her character she she put you know her entire career you know at stake to to let these animals go Mm -hmm. um you know to try to do the right thing because when they you know at the beginning of the whole series the general or whatever says you know uh you know decommission them that means you know kill them that's that's, yeah. that's it put them out of their misery basically so mm-hmm.
1: well i did like the comic at the end i was a little mad at you in the beginning i was like why did he suggest this one he knows how much i love animals why are there rats with drill bit heads like what is happening and then okay fine Corey, i what you did there <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah let's let's talk about uh our final thoughts on it what it like what'd you think about it um did, did you like it? Was it was it off-putting?
1: No, no, it wasn't off-putting. I thought that if um for a short mini series, I think it's nice for it to make a statement. If it's going to be a mini series and this certainly did because, you know, we still use animals to test for you know, beauty products and stupid things. And uh, we don't need to do that anymore. And this world certainly needs to be cruelty free. I try to get as many cruelty free products as possible. And so anyway, so I'm really happy about this one. And I'm glad that they put a rabbit in there. (laughs) Rabbits are so misunderstood, let me tell you and i know you loved it but do you want to elaborate on like your final thoughts will wrap up here
0: yeah i just i think it's a fun little story i you know for me i enjoyed the violence uh, that these animals <laughs> inflict on everybody yeah. the yeah. the gore is is very well detailed i think it's very it's very yes. fun and i mean i love animals i'm a huge dog guy i love mm-hmm. dogs so you know i liked bandit and this and, and the cat was funny i do wish that the bunny rabbit you know survived i, I do yeah. but he he did uh uh try to you know he did destroy like hurt try to hurt the mastiff while he was dying he dropped his bombs you know while he yeah, was getting true. attacked so he tried to go out heroically but um yeah overall i i I'm always a sucker for Grant Morrison. And I'm always a sucker for Frank quietly. And it's just one of those comics where it could take me, it could take me five minutes to read an issue, but it takes me 15 min- minutes because I look over like every single panel. I, I look at the detail in each panel and stuff. And I'm just like mesmerized by the artwork. Um, it's an easy read. I think, I anyone oh, yeah, can pick absolutely. it up and just just burn through it really quickly and i think you get a a, a good a fun little time a fun little action adventure story basically
1: mm-hmm. we should do a grant morrison month if you're so passionate about him that'd be fun
0: that'd be really cool we could break up um, uh, all-star superman into two yeah. two sections and we could do some other stuff that marvel would be marvel
1: boy well we're gonna do marvel boy for marvelous march probably yeah yeah so. that's...
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to do that Marvel boy. I think I love that story. I think it's awesome. It's really cool. So I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about it, too. But, yeah, this was fun. I hope you guys liked the, this comic. Um, oh, real quick, I was looking at the covers while uh, um, while you were doing one of your recaps. And, you know, we said October – is when the first one came out. And then I just wanted to double check, but the second issue actually came out in um, December. So there was two months in between. And then the third issue came out in March of the following year. So I, I think what I said at the beginning of the episode was wrong. I don't think that they did this. I think they did made this in real time. Like Frank Quietly cool. took, he had to take three months in between issues two and three to produce it. So that right That's there awesome. can you can see it right around there you can you, that tells you everything you need to know about his his uh his you know work schedule basically.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. I like that one. It's a quick turnaround. I'm sure uh, readers do as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely quick for him. It's not as quick as a monthly comic, which I'm sure, you know, DC wished it was a monthly comic. But uh, I'm sh- also sure that they had worked with Frank Quietly and Grant Morrison long enough to not expect it to be a monthly comic either.
1: Right. Got you. Yeah. So. Well, I enjoyed this one. I really did. I think it was sweet. It was a sweet little story. <laughs> so it, was, it didn't need to go on anymore. That was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes middle, it's fun just end.
0: to read little, little mini series, you know, and just mm-hmm. be done with it. And not ever have to. There's nothing else to it. This is it. There's no more before, no more after. This is the only we three that there is.
1: Yes, and it, it it fit in with our our little theme here, family, for <laughs> exactly. the month of November. I loved it.
0: Exactly, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that was. Uh, I was. I was excited to hear what you thought of it, especially Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely's artwork. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad it wasn't too uh, off putting or anything with the with the violence and everything.
1: No, it's all good. They all live happily ever after. That's all I. Uh, that's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Tess, where can we find you online these days?
1: You can find me at Tess Yanos. That's T-E-S-S-L-L-A-N-O-S on Instagram. And where can we find you, Mr. Corey?
0: You can find me on Instagram at Corey Nation. And you can find me on a couple other podcasts here and there. Podcasting After Dark, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast are the two main ones. And uh, if you guys can please rate and review ongoing comic book discussion podcast five stars on Apple podcast. It's still the best way for us to find new listeners. Uh, It's still the main app for podcasts. So we really appreciate all the reviews that, that everyone's already left. It's amazing to just Mm -hmm. the love that we've gotten uh, from you guys Uh, in such a short amount of time too. It's, it's quite awesome.
1: It is quite awesome. And you know what guys, the the next biggest compliment is referring us to your friends or, uh, Giving us a little shout out on uh, social media, we'll totally reshare that. We love resharing the love that we get for this show. We have a lot of fun here. We work really hard, and we have a lot of fun. This is this is my favorite night of the week, Corey. I love recording this podcast. It's a great time.
0: I do too. I do too. It's <laughs> don't tell my other partners.
1: <laughs> I won't tell
0: them. Okay. <laughs> oh no, this is this is a lot of fun. But we hope you enjoyed. Uh, We three, and uh, we will see you guys next week.
1: Yeah.
0: This has been another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey.